Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil, and every year around this time, we always see or hear of some storm chasers that weren't following the guideline of chasing safe. So we're going to be talking about these in incidents and what it takes to be recognized as a safe chaser with police officer and storm chaser Eric Fox. That's why law enforcement takes the road rules so serious on every vehicle, no matter what kind of vehicle it is. If it's an emergency vehicle, uh, the inspections I go through on a daily basis in my patrol vehicle just to make sure if I have to go high speed that it's safe. Do chasers do that? You know, um, do, ch do chasers check their, you know, their tire pressures, which matters at high speeds and in rain, hydroplane, right? How many of us check our tires every day before a chase to say, oh, those tires, they're probably going to hydroplane. And we've also got our hashtag weather fools and another edition of Storm Chasing Games Gone Wild. It's all coming up on episode 157 of the Stormfront Freaks. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Welcome, everybody, to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Hey, thanks to our Patreon members that help support the show, including new member Jamie Lambert and others joining us live tonight on the stream. So I know we've got uh, Steve is there, Josh is there, um, and then we also have our VIPs back in the green room that are actually in the studio with us. Uh, Dan, Angela, and Garrett are here. So you can also join our Patreon team and be live in the chat or on the show with our guests every single episode we record. So find the link at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, the fun part about this, I mentioned this, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, that pretty much the only time I, I get to drink is every other Thursday night with my freak friends. So uh, and part of that's probably just because I'm getting old. But it's always happy hour. Every time we record, uh, and so we're going to find out what everybody's drinking tonight and helps us introduce the co-hosts that happen to be with us this evening as well. Uh, so I am going to start with Serena, our former meteorologist at the Mount Washington Observatory. Serena, what are you drinking? I am drinking a beer, very surprising to all of you. It is called Everyday Fog to continue on the Ooh. weather theme. <laughs> I don't know how you find these things, Serena, but Wow. I'm in a little bit of a panic. This is the last one I have on the shelf. So, <laughs> well, so it's good go that we're, it's good we're all going to be together for the next episode live. Um, right? Yeah, oh. that, that we're going to be, be storm escape. chasing. We're going to be that storm be chasing. Awesome! It's going to be. Good. And all I feel right. I feel like a lot of what's going to happen tonight, Phil, is going to you know going to frame how we storm chase. It could be. Uh, could be. I, I saw I saw the tropical storm sneaking in on the GFS again. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Looking out at the three. Yeah, that's always GFS. fun. All right, uh, Greg Johnson, our storm chaser and photographer up in Canada. What are you What are you drinking, sir? Well, okay. Listen, I uh, it's it's I'm it's pretty simple, but um, I, my inspiration here comes from something I found in the deep south last time I was down in the states, and that is. Peanut butter whiskey. Oh, nice. I know. Uh, Serena, I, I exactly. Yeah, I know. Peanut butter whiskey, but it's freaking delicious. I got a little Coke in there, mixed yep. it with, and it is, it's a great sipping whiskey. But uh, um, now, 
sipping whiskey I've had four. Um, but I'm not driving, <laughs> Eric. Eric, I am not driving tonight anywhere. Hey, you're in Canada. There's nothing I can do. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. Uh, off limits. D- diff- yeah. Different laws up there, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. Serena, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Yeah, absolutely. So Eric Fox is a retired U.S. Army tactical weather NCO and reconnaissance soldier. He currently serves as an on-air field correspondent for Weather Nation TV and a police officer in Oklahoma, where he has been involved in numerous large-scale disaster search and rescue operations. Eric has been storm chasing since 1999 and is the founder of the National Storm Chaser Summit. So Eric, thanks for joining us. And first of all, thank you for your service. You're welcome. And uh, second thing, 1999, Oklahoma, makes me think of May. (laughs) Connect the dots for me. Tell me about that first chase. And I was not there. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So um, unfortunately, my parents, I mean, I was just, you know, 17 years old, uh, had a fresh license. And they were like, you're not leaving anywhere outside of town, which I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at the time. They're like, if it's outside of Dallas-Fort Worth, you're not going. So but there was a storm that year that hit Fort Worth. And uh, in the next year, um, the 2000 Fort Worth tornado, uh, which went through downtown. And those were really what hooked me. Um, I was in high school and uh, was able to drive and within driving distance. And I, uh, those were my first, first storms. Uh, my first tornado, though, actually was the 1995 Tam- uh, Pampa tornado. And that was just by chance with my father going to work. And um it kind of hooked me into meteorology and weather uh, since a kid. And then when I moved into the, to the Metroplex area, I was able to storm chase. You know, I did the typical thing of, hey, find a, uh, you know, National Weather Service Skywarn training. And that's where I started and uh, was hooked ever since. And that's when, that's when I started. And I can honestly say I remember seeing the updrafts from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, looking north into Oklahoma on May 3rd, 99, and crying because i couldn't be there uh but in a way i'm kind of glad i wasn't i wasn't there based on the the devastation all across oklahoma not just not just the moore area well eric listen you uh, uh you said 17 right so yep. is it fair to say like a lot of us you got into storm chasing because of the ladies like you just knew that <laughs> you knew that that was the thing that would impress the ladies was the uh the the storm knowledge and the 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 <laughs> The weather models and <laughs> well if it's anything like it is still today my wife tells me to shut up when i even start talking about weather and uh yeah just about everybody in high school i you know i, I play high school football tried to play college football wasn't very good but um you know it was one of those things that uh yeah i try to start talking about weather about the game day and then people will just be like eric shut up like stop talking <laughs> about weather like nobody cares you know kind of one of those things kind of like you know probably the rest of us so Right on. So you, you said you, you, you played a little bit of football. Yeah. Um, and how, like, what was the trend? Like, what was the transition that got you from the being on the sports field to, you know, reading weather models? I mean, that seems like a weird, uh, weird transition. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's kind of a, it's a story of my generation, to be honest with you. You know, I, I, I was, I try, I walked on at TCU trying to play football. Um, you know, I was a good high school for, high school football player went to TCU thinking, Hey, you know, I can do this. And then I was taking some science classes and really trying and then realizing how much math was involved. I wanted to go to meteorology program, realizing football is probably not my path. 
And so it was just an easy transition. And then a date that, of course, will always live in infamy, September 11, 2001. Um, it was uh, one of those things, wake up, go, go to class. Next thing you know, everybody's running to the TV. Uh, oh, my God, you know, 9-11 just happened. Uh, I went directly to the recruiting station, quit everything I was doing. Uh, you know, I've always been a service before self person, which also goes into stuff I'm going to talk about later is, you know, not being selfish in life, but, uh, just made a decision. I was like, I'm joining the military and, uh, I joined the army and that's where it started. And, uh, went to the recruiter and said, Hey, what do you have? And they were like, well, you know, what's going on? We got infantry and infantry and, uh, you can be a scout, which is reconnaissance, you know, the army. And uh, so that's what I signed up to be as a scout. 19 Delta is what they call it. So I, I signed up, you know, you know, teenager, 19 years old, 9 um, 11s going on. Just time to go to war and serve for my country. And um, that's where we started. That's where I started that transition. But I, I never love or stopped the love for weather. Uh, so a lot of it was self-taught in that time frame. I was taking some classes still while I was in the military. I mean, that's the one thing about the military. The U.S. military is they will pay for you to go to college. So I continued, you know, my education uh, while, when I was in Iraq. You know, I was taking classes in Iraq. Well, combat one day, classes the next. I mean, it's just one thing wow. that the government wow. does. So, um, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan was like that. They had education programs. Of course, we had Internet starting to evolve at that time frame that allowed for it. So. Um, that's where we started. That's where I started. And then I just started taking science classes. Um, and then in 2008, uh, I'd had multiple deployments. I'd been in the army. Um, I was on another deployment to Iraq and I got hurt. Uh, I, I, I don't really talk about it much, but it, it changed my career path from what I was doing. Um, and so I was like, I had my, my enough science courses, enough math courses, uh, Afghanistan was starting to ramp up and the army said, Hey, you know, we need, we need this specialty. Um, we need these tactical weather operators. The air force already has them and they mainly go, you know, the, at your, you know, 500 millibar level, the flight, flight pass. Now, you know, it's seven fifties. That's where the air force kind of pays attention, but nobody talks about the mesoscale at the ground and in the mountains. Of so are you, are you talking about like, for example, uh, uh, the wind and affecting like, for example, tailwinds, headwinds, that kind of thing. Yeah, the Air Force kind of does that, right? They're at that they're at that level with the Air Force where they're they're kind of on a bigger scale. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kendra Sand, that's part of what she does. She teaches the the military that the flight side of things and the uh, the weather ops. You know, you think about Southwest American Airlines stuff like that. Yeah, they're trying to save fuel. They're trying to be safe stuff like that. In the Army, we don't really have fixed wing aircraft. We have rotary aircraft. So when you're going up and down the mountains of Afghanistan. You have different weather that's, you know, down to the, you know, to the one mile to, to the next mile may be different. So part of my job was working with units to making sure if they needed rotary. Um, you know, we were doing small weather balloon operations. We were just doing, you know, small wow. data, you know. Um, and so that's what that's how I got more kicked into the weather again in the Army, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, they still do it. Um, it's based out of Fort Seal. You know, their, their weather training for the Army is based out of Fort Seal. Um, a lot of our stuff comes out of the Navy. Uh, the Naval Academy puts out, a, you know, they believe it or not, they generate a lot of the meteorology of the military. Um, so it's it's great. I know there's several uh, meteorologists uh, that actually come out of the Air Force and the Navy. And the Navy is kind of transitioning to more a civilian side, but uh, they, 
you know, they're putting them out there now into the National Weather Service, directly out of service, uh, from service into the National Weather Service, continuing federal service. So I didn't do that. Um, I chose a different path. Um, you know, I got forced retired in 2016. Uh, my body just started giving out on me. And um, and so I, I had been a reserve police officer in uh, Warica, Oklahoma, uh, during that time frame while I was at Fort Seal. Of course, I think everybody here knows something about Warica. Just, I'm sure we've all drove through it at one point, and uh, you bet, you, know, you bet, you blink and you miss it kind of deal. So, <laughs> yeah. or had me on the side of the road <laughs> trying to pull people chasers over. But, um, so, but yeah, uh, I was reserving, and then in 2016, I was forced retired, and then I became a full time law enforcement officer. But I also had a great opportunity with Weather Nation TV, who brought me on as a uh, field correspondent. Um, and I was able to chase and I'm still chasing with them. Uh, and although I will say this, they don't like us to use the word chase, but I do a, a lot of field corresponding and reporting for them, including uh, being stuck on St. Thomas uh, during Hurricane Irma for two weeks. Uh, that was wow. that was a lesson learned of preparedness um, because I had nothing. Uh, and uh, so that's something I'm going to talk about on this podcast is, you know, that preparation. And I learned it from the Army um, from day one. Uh, is is to over prepare. You know, you okay, never so, know when you may need something. Okay, I got to get into this, Eric. So, uh, 2016, um, there was an incident where a storm chaser in Colorado was arrested for impersonating a police officer. Yeah. Uh, I think the entire community went, "What the hell is going on?" give us your take on that situation. You obviously know about it. Yeah. All right. So one, what I'm going to say right now is I'm going to be brutally honest in, in, in this whole situation. Uh, now I, I'm going to be brutally honest. And so whatever I say, just know my employers, I do not represent my employers right now for what I'm about to say. Just got to put that out. Um, they're stupid. Anybody who wants to put yourself in a position to impersonate a police officer, there's nobody at fault, but yourself. There's no reason to run red and blue lights. There's no reason to try to pull anybody over. And there's no reason to try to help somebody that doesn't need to be helped. Uh, and, and I'll get more into this in a little while. But in that case and situation, it, it, that's what it was. Um, was there a, maybe some misinterpretation of what, what they were trying to do? Probably. Was there intent to try to be a police officer? No. But when you run red and blues in a, in a right. state that you don't know the law, you're opening up your self-interpretation for that law enforcement officer to make a decision. And when that law enforcement, when that law enforcement officer makes that decision, your, your choice is out the window, regardless of right. what it is. It's up to that individual. So it, I go back to all this. It's, it's self decisions that have to be made, not only for you, but the public. So you're in the middle of a storm, you're running red and blues. Somebody pulls over in a ditch because they don't, they think you're going to an emergency. That's not okay. Because I see it all the time when I'm running code to somewhere. I, I hardly run code anywhere anymore because the way people react on the roads. Uh, not to mention if you're in a rain, as we all know, and you guys can attest to this, these flashing lights in the rain as you're trying to move are more dangerous than they are just turning them off and driving down the road. And I'll get in some laws of Texas and Oklahoma where I've been a police officer that says you can't do that. And so, so, you're so, so you're the, so just to be clear, Eric, you're not talking only about reds and blues. Like anytime you've got these, you know, blight, bright, uh, flashing lights, it makes people think there's some sort of emergency that maybe they're 
they're unaware of. Yep. I mean, and it's not, I mean, most storm chaser. Okay. Well, that's a chaser. Well, what about the general public guys? We're not the only ones out there. And so they think, Oh, there's an emergency. I got to pull over. Well, next thing you know, they're pulling over for you, but you're running from the tornado and they get hit by the tornado. Could you make them pull over? Right. And so this is my thought process. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to think more than yourself in this situation. So you're running red and blues and all of a sudden all these cars stop and then the actual ambulance behind you can't get, can't move because you're, everybody stopped because they're pulling over for you. Um, you know, it, that's just one incidence I've seen of people not using those lights properly. Now there are instances or there is situations I should say, I don't want to get into specifics of things I know, but there are situations where they will come in handy when you're pulled over on the side of a road and you don't want to get hit. That's different because you're not moving. Nobody's saying that you can't use amber lights. I'm not saying you shouldn't use amber lights, but you've got to make choices and know the state laws that you're in because there's states out there that we chase in that does not allow any lights, period. Right. And you're making that law enforcement officer make a decision. What Do you, do you know about red and blue lights, Eric? What states? Because um, to, to me, the biggest issue as a chaser is not the amber amber i get it right i they're gonna have it but at least i know if i see that behind me i know it's probably a chaser or it's a tow truck or something you know they they don't probably need me to pull over but it's when i see those red and blues behind me and i have no idea because it's so bright if it's truly law enforcement or someone that needs to get by me and so i I, of course i'm going to pull over and then i see him go by and i realize it's a freaking chaser so do you know which states have laws that say you cannot run the red and blues? I can every state in this nation, unless you're a firefighter or a police officer or emergency manager, does not let you run red and blues. Those are those are for first responders only. Now I say this, there are a few chasers that I know who are emergency management and are volunteer firefighters that are allowed to run red and blues because they're firefighters. In the state of Texas and the state of Oklahoma, uh, you are around, allowed to run red and blues. And most of the time because they're allowed to use their personal vehicle to go to those calls. So I will say that there are there are some times that you will see that. And that's probably what that is, is, well, oh, that's a chaser. Well, no, that's probably a volunteer firefighter going to a wreck or spotting and using the red and blues to spot. Uh, but if they get pulled over, they're going to a- get asked for those credentials. If I'm if I'm that if I'm that individual pulling that car over, running red and blues, they're going to provide some sort of credential for that situation. So th- that's you know, yes and no. That is a great question, but that's usually what you're seeing there is, is a volunteer or emergency manager in their own POV. Uh, there are there are situations. I know of a situation in 2010 that I got involved with. Uh, in central Texas over a, a chaser running red and blues and they went to jail because I can in Texas, they don't play. I mean, if you're impersonating a police officer, you, you know, that's the same thing as, you know, me putting on my car as a civilian and pulling a car over. Yeah. You're not pulling them over, but it's the same concept. And that's so Eric, is it, is it a, is it a misdemeanor? Is it a felony? What is, oh, what is it? It's a felony. Really? It, hey? Yeah, wow. it is. A, it is a felony. Um, and, and if you're reckless driving with it, that's another charge you can lose your license over. Wow. So that's one of the interesting things here is, you know, we're talking about chaser safety and I think you've done a good job at highlighting, you know, a lot of people might think this conversation is about keeping your, your, yourself safe, right? You, your car, the people with you or whatever. A lot of this is about the decisions you make that affect other people that 
may not be in your car. That may be, you just may be sharing the road with or seeing other circumstances. It's, it's, I like how you're highlighting that this goes beyond you and your personal vehicle. Yeah. I mean, and, and it really does. I mean, it goes, I don't know. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow when, when people are dying right now because of other people's actions. Um, and, and, and this is where it's hard for me to swallow right now is that here we are, you know, three people killed that we know of in the last two weeks um, based on other people's actions. And so that's why law enforcement takes the road rules so serious on every vehicle, no matter what kind of vehicle it is. If it's an emergency vehicle, uh, the inspections I go through on a daily basis in my patrol vehicle just to make sure if I have to go high speed that it's safe. Do chasers do that? You know, um, do, ch do chasers check their, you know, their tire pressures, which matters at high speeds and in rain hydroplane, right? How many of us check our tires every day before a chase to say, oh, those tires, they're probably going to hydroplane. Okay. And so Eric, 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 listen, let, let's, let's get into the, the, the nitty gritty here. How many storm chasers do you think are doing dumb when they're out chasing right now. Okay, so I was about to lead into something. I'm the guy who wrecked a vehicle because I didn't check my tires. So I'm not casting stones here, okay? So with that, Greg, with that being said and asked, we all do something. Every time we're on the road and chasing a storm, we all do something. Even a stop if it's sign, unintentional. Uh, stop. Yeah. It's, it's, we're human. The human factor's there. We're gonna make mistakes. It's when you transition into recklessness that people start having issues. When you start having so much tunnel vision that you blow stop signs, you don't care, or you're so worried about that tornado that you run four cars off the road or run into a ditch because you're worried more worried about the tornado than you are about the people around you. And that's right now, that's my issue is the the carelessness and the recklessness not the mistakes people are going to make mistakes i mean i made a mistake and i put my truck into a wall and i hate it uh you know that was a long time ago but it was it was a lesson learned you know don't drive a vehicle that's not prepared for the roadways um you know so loving the death he drives me crazy at times chasing with him with james menzies that that guy will check his vehicle six times before we leave and he will check the tires. He will check the engine. He will check the electronics. He will, but he's prepared. And I've never felt unsafe chasing with him because he prepares. And then when he's on the road, he's not going to make the, he, he will not, he will miss a storm or miss completely miss a storm. We busted because we didn't get there in time because he was safe because he's not selfish. And that's where we're at right now as a chaser community, in my opinion, is we are selfish in decisions being made for a storm that we might miss. But you know what? Last I checked, there's a trough next week, and and we can get on that trough and probably not miss that because we can prepare for it. And that's where we're at in the chaser community right now is like, you know, there's I look at it as a from the 50 foot scale, you know, is what we call it in the military. You got a 50 foot and a 10 foot, and then the ground level. You know, from the 50 foot umbrella, unfortunately, with the investigations I've been involved with, um, you know. I was involved in the Twistex investigation and, and I saw what happened there. That was nothing but bad luck and, and circumstances out of anybody's control, the whole situation. So there's no blame there. And then you look at another situation where like somebody Texas. runs a stop sign. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, it, it, that's where we're at right now is we got to look 
within and can we self-police? I don't think that's working anymore. It's just not. So what, what can you do? I mean, the only thing you can do is when you see it, call it out. Um, I could tell you in, in Oklahoma, law enforcement is done with chasers. They are done. Um, I have talked to at least five police chiefs that I know that have zero, zero tolerance right now for uh, behavior on the roadway with chasers. And we've done it to ourselves. I hate to say it. We have done it to ourselves. All right, Eric. So I know we've had uh, just, just recently here, as of right now, we're recording May 12th, 2022, but we have had some recent deaths uh, of chasers. Now, of course, they're not, they didn't die from the tornado or something like that. But we talked about here during the show is that one of the biggest challenges and dangers of chasing is the amount of time you're on the road. You're just going to increase the chance that there are vehicle accidents and, and things of that nature. I, I'm just curious what, what your thoughts are on uh, some of these recent deaths and uh, your feelings. Well, it's, it's part. My feelings are my, my heart goes out to any fellow enthusiast that we are right. We, we have a passion for this. We love what we're doing. We love the weather. There's a human element to this. And even their deaths, unfortunate is going to affect every chaser in some way, negative, positive. Uh, you know, maybe they save a life because they remember something that happened to, to any situation when it involves a chaser. So, uh, what I would like to really put on is, you know, we, we make these decisions, we talk about this stuff, but we do it because we care. We care as a community that we don't want this to happen to people, even if it's an accident or negligence. Uh, you know, my heart is huge on helping people. That's why I'm a cop. That's why I do it. So as a community, you know, make sure we are reaching out to each other and, and lifting each other up uh, because there has been a lot of death over the last 10 years. It's crazy how much death we've had in this community. So keep reaching out to people, um, even, you know, just remember, if you call somebody's out, somebody's uh, situation out or something they did out, it's not because you're trying to be mean. It's because you care about them. And that's what I want to convey as a law enforcement officer, as a chaser. Just make sure we're doing that when we're when we're constructive about what we're doing, uh, because, of course, we have these situations over the last couple of weeks. You know, one might have been an accident that was a single vehicle accident that, you know, it just happens. And the other one is nobody's fault. And so you just never know what chase could go wrong. And so just be there for each other as a community, keep trying to get better as a community, be positive, help each other out. And then we'll get there. Just keep trying to work. Would, would you agree that, that certainly talking about it and bringing it up just helps awareness, especially in our, in our chaser community, um, that, that it, it just helps people become aware of it, It's somewhat, you know, we talk about our, our, hashtag weather fools segment. And that's a little bit tongue in cheek too. We, we, we have fun with it, but it's also a way to kind of go, you know, here's what you shouldn't be doing and you got to be careful of and, and everything else. But uh, would you agree talking about it helps awareness? It does. It does because people learn differently and I learn differently versus what Dan may learn different or, or you feel if you learn by humor, that's okay. As long as you take what is going on in that segment, Oh, why are you standing outside during lightning? You know, but you use somebody else's humor in that situation. That's fine. But it's a fine line of when somebody gets hurt and having to learn from tragedy. And that's that's where we've got to figure that out as a community. You know, can we 
take somebody's situation that was negative and turn it to a positive as a community, as a human life, as human beings in this uh, lovely nature filled stuff we do when it comes to tornadoes, hurricanes, snow, whatever your passion is in weather. Uh, we've got to continue to do that and then take these these deaths and, and harness them, their lives, their friends, uh, bring them into that community, be positive about it and take their situation and try to help and try to make it a better situation for somebody else. Uh, that's what I would want for for me if something happens to me is take whatever happens to me and try to make it positive because, I mean, it, you only have one life. And if you're doing it, what if you lose your life doing what you love, then there should never be any questions about what you're doing. Uh, as long as you're doing it ethically and, and as a law enforcement officer, that's all I can ask for is do it ethically because it's not just your life out there. So outside the chaser community, um, any thoughts on sometimes how these deaths <clears throat> or sometimes injuries are portrayed in the general public from media, um, who a lot of times it's reported a storm chaser dies and maybe don't get into the details and, and people just will think, Oh, they're chasing a storm and they got too close to the tornado or whatever. When that obviously wasn't the case here recently. Uh, media is going to be media. I'm a member of the media and I hate it. I mean, I, I do it to try to be positive, to try to help people, but the media is going to always spin any situation into ratings. I mean, they, they're going to take half the truth and try to make it, to what they want for ratings. And so, uh, well, I say that just be careful what you say uh, on social media, because media is always paying attention to us because we're on Twitter. They're looking for those photos. They're looking for that video to take from you. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, you know, when you post something, they're going to automatically take you and what you post and what you say and put it into a uniform of all storm chasers. So you're almost wearing a uniform for the entire community when you post something or you say something to the media. And so, you know, when we do something stupid or we have a tragic accident and somebody gets killed, that affects all of us in the media. That affects all of us as storm chasers. It affects that officer making that traffic stop on that storm chaser because he thinks, oh, you're going to go down the road and kill somebody. And unfortunately, you just got to remember that when you're out there, because that's that's a hurdle we have as a community right now that we're doing to ourselves. And it's based on selfishness. Um, you know, miss the storm, get the next one. Well, tell us, Eric, what, what else are you, are you seeing out there from a, a safety standpoint from chasers that, you know, you feel certainly needs to be addressed? So Randy Denzer, I, I had Randy at the storm chaser summit this year, and I'm probably going to have him again next year. And I'll get into this in a little bit, but, um, he is a search and rescue guru. He's been with the Austin Fire Department. He just retired after, I think, 29 years. He leads state search and rescue teams. Chasers are getting themselves into situations that they're not either, one, prepared for, two, trained for, or three, have no business even being there, um, like leaving and driving 50 miles to go help. That's Unless you are specifically trained as an EMT and you are asked to help, there's this thing called uh, MIMS program, you know, uh, MIMS, which is a national program. It's an incident management system that how people respond uh, within the ICS, I should say. And Greg, you probably know a little bit about this. Um, the incident command system says, hey, if we need help, we will call. Not let's go 50 miles and try to help somewhere we may not be needed. 
you know, because now you become a hazard to other people in a natural disaster. I see a lot of chasers using the excuse to go in and try to help uh, when they weren't even on the storm to begin with. And that's something we need to think about. And Randy talked about this a little bit, like, you know, you're in flip-flops and shorts. Why are you running into a natural disaster trying to save people? And I'm seeing a lot of that lately. I know, um, for instance, I was on the Valonia tornado, the second one. Um, and Same here. Yeah, great. Actually, you remember you remember me helping. Uh, yeah. You, I, I specifically asked you for help. because I got put into a sector in a search and rescue because the fire department and police departments were taken out by that tornado. The fire chief asked me to help. Well, and also, I think, I think there was – I actually think there was a couple towns – uh, up the road that had been hit prior, and and so yep. emergency management Louisville. was just stretched so thin. There was there you, you had to be involved. Yep. So so just to tell the background on the story, um, just to talk about Greg here, uh, Jeff Shardell and I we used to chase a lot back in 2016, and Greg we used to be in the same same area. Um, Valonia got hit. The fire department got taken out. The police department got taken in out in the dark. Um, in the dark. In, in the dark. Um, we were prepared, you know, I had my stuff with me, but I've had, you know, experience in search and rescue and as a firefighter, as a police officer in the military. And I walked up and I went to the police chief and said, what can I do to help you? Not, Hey, I'm going to run into this town and try to save people or, Hey, let's block this road for these people. That's not what we do. You could be an EMT. And if you, you, you know, you can't pass somebody that injured as an EMT. I understand that. That's not what I'm saying, but we went and said, hey, what can you do? He goes, I have nobody. Here is a whole sector. He gave me an entire neighborhood that was completely flattened, flattened. by an EF4 tornado. And the only people that I had around me to help were chasers that I trusted. But I was very picky. And I stayed there. We were went there about nine and a half hours. At least. Until, the, until the state search and rescue teams got there. And that's that's what needs to happen. And that's where we're at right now is you know, get that training. And that's something that we're going to be doing uh, at the, at the storm summit uh, from here on out is we're going to be pushing that training, right? We're going to be, Hey, this is the EMT classes. This is how you do this. This is first aid. We're going to do first aid CPR this year. It's an eight hour class. We're going to do it on a Friday before the summit even starts. That's, that's my number one goal right now is to give that little bit extra. You never know when you're going to have to give CPR. You just, you just don't know it. Um, right. And if it's something as a community we can do, that's fine, but don't go running in. And, and that's an issue I'm seeing right now is people getting themselves into situations that don't need to get in their situ into that situation. They're untrained. Um, even if you're an EMT, okay, you're an EMT. Have you ever been into uh, a disaster situation and a mass casualty and you, you're one person with one bag? Are you really doing good? You know? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, we're certainly not short of uh, severe weather across country right now. Do you guys, Whoa. a question, do any of you have motor, a motorcycle, RV? Oh, you got a cycle, Serena? I got an RV. I really? have a bike. That, I don't okay. know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's that non-motorized. That, that so. relates. But this is the time of year. Everyone's getting their motorcycles out. They're getting the RVs out, right? They're ready to cross the country. But... Uh, the question is, wouldn't it be great to know what you might be driving into and be safe, right, with the weather? So with, with the Drive Weather app, you're always going to know what the weather is going to be along your route as you're expected to travel through it. So it doesn't tell you the weather when you're driving through Chicago right now. It tells you what's the weather going to be as you're driving through Chicago three hours from now, for example. So avoid hitting the freeway. During, during the heavy rain and the thunderstorms, uh, you can use a departure slider on the screen 
to help you determine the best time to leave. You can see what the weather's going to be along your route if you wait a couple hours. Uh, what's cool is the free version allows up to an 850-mile trip. And if you use it once, you know you're going to want it all year long, especially in the winter. I use that all the time in the winter. But now it's also, and, and Greg just left, but it's available in Canada. <laughs> right? So uh, all our friends up north, you guys can benefit from this as well. You can also view a live radar that covers all of North America, not just the U.S., um, but, but also Canada. So you can find Drive Weather in your Apple or Google store or just visit driveweatherapp.com for the official travel weather app of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. So, hey, it's time for a quick refill break. Uh, we've got another Titan U minute for you, and we'll be right back with more from Eric. Tornado Titans is where we capture incredible skies, and we teach you to do it too. It's coming right for us. Get ready for the Titan U Minute. Hey everyone, it's Sanner. So you want to improve your chase day forecast, but also want some shortcuts to finding the best target area. I'm here today with a bit of a storm chasing forecast hack that will get you 90% of the way to a good forecast. Now, these model graphics I'm about to discuss are, when taken together, a pretty good summation of everything else you could look at. While I personally recommend a more holistic approach, you can certainly get a good idea about where you could be on any given day just using these. The first, <laughs> and I laugh about it because it's an old chaser joke, is EHI. This index combines instability and helicity for a combined total that gives you a good idea about where the atmosphere is either or both unstable with wind shear. Combine EHI with the supercell composite and you can get a good idea about where the best overall bullseye is for parameters combining for a good solid target. Remember the bigger the numbers here, the better your target looks. If you use these two in combination with bulk shear values, and for those, look for anything over 30 knots for supercells, as well as 850 millibar winds, anything over 30 knots here also indicates a strong low-level jet for tornadoes, and you could be a long way towards picking the right target. These indexes tend to be somewhat redundant, but each will have minor differences. When put together, these all four are going to be 90% of the way towards a forecast, but just remember, the final 10% is likely the most important piece. We have a lot of educational materials on TornadoTitans.com. That's TornadoTitans.com. Come check out Titan U, where you can learn all about storms, storm spotting, and you can also watch us chase from the comfort of your home. Visit us at TornadoTitans.com. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So we're here with uh, Chaser and Officer uh, Eric Fox. And, and Eric, um, you know, one of the things, and some of our listeners know this, 
you know, is that, that I've, we've talked about this before and it's an idea I've always had, and I'm not the only one with this idea, but it, I, I just, at some point when I've got time or maybe when we're not doing the podcast anymore, but it is to put together some type of a chaser safety checklist. Uh, at one point I was thinking certification, but I realized, you know, that, that that's maybe a touchy subject to be a certified, because as you mentioned earlier, everybody's human, right? It's, it's easy to, oh crap, I was looking at this and I missed that stop sign or we've all kind of done it. And, and we always talk about, we're all weather fools because we're all chasing stupid storms and getting kind of close to stuff that probably shouldn't. Um, but so I've, I've come down to, hey, there should be a checklist and it would be cool, I think, right, for people that really want to get passionate about this. And I know there's some chasers that this, this, they're not going to be passionate about being safe and getting certifications and learning and all that kind of stuff. And that's OK. But this is for the people that want to get passionate about this want and want to be designated a safe chaser. Right. And I, and I think it would be neat if we got some chasers that were well known to go, yeah, that's something I'm passionate about. Let me get my checklist and then they can help promote it, which is going to help some of the other chasers go, oh, so so and so's doing it or so and so got it. So I, I want to talk, Eric, with you and even with the freaks, talk a little bit about, you know, what should go on the safety checklist, meaning, and there's really kind of two parts. Like one part might be what are some safety resources? And the other part is what are safety supplies? So what are things I should always have with me when I'm chasing? And then what are some resources that I can study, classes I can take, books I can read that are going to help me better understand how I can be a safe chaser? And so I'll, I'll kind of start, and Eric, you, you actually mentioned it a little bit earlier, and during the break we were talking about this, so if, if you're not a Patreon member, you, you missed out on that, but... Um, here, here were just some resources I, I had thought of off the top of my head. Um, Spotter Network, right? Just going on Spotter Network, they, they have a little requirement you have to go through as well before you even can be maybe considered uh, a spotter. And I know they're doing some things. You can't adjust your GPS on that anymore. I know there are some issues with that. But um, I'm thinking, hey, maybe that's something. Uh, Chuck Doswell, he did a... Uh, a I don't know if it was a paper, but obviously he did a, a big, I don't know if it's big either, but it's good reading, okay? He called it Storm Chasing with Safety, Courtesy, and Responsibility. Uh, I don't know how long ago he wrote this, but it's everything is still relevant today with that. Um, you mentioned the CPR and first aid, uh, AED training. Um, obviously, anybody should should take their spotter training, whether it's uh, National Weather Service, Met Ed. Uh, I also wrote down American Safety and Health Institute Advanced First Aid. And, and maybe that's, that's going a little bit above and beyond, right? Like, hey, the basic first aid would, would be cool. If you got that, that's certainly a great start. You can help. Uh, I wrote down the National Safety Council Online Defensive Driving Course. So that's something that, I, I, and Eric, you can tell me, but but like if you get a bunch of speeding tickets, can't you take something like that to uh, bring your points down? Um, you, you can, but also uh, your insurance. Uh, it it right. also helps your insurance. I mean, there there's multiple reasons to take that course, and it's you took you took the words right out of my mouth. That was the first thing I was going to say. Defensive driving, because how many times does that car pull out in front of us, and then we we don't know what to do, and right. we cause a fender bender. So. Yeah. And it's so cool. I, I, I'm glad. I, I didn't know if that would be a shot in the dark, but certainly something I was thinking about too. But yeah. there's also, they've got a module for weather and road conditions. 
uh, that you can take with that as well. And, and a lot of that stuff is online. I, th I think the defensive driving course is 50 bucks. Uh, the weather and road conditions modules, just 12 bucks more on top of that. Um, NASAR search and rescue, again, I think maybe that's above and beyond and, and stuff, but certainly something. So talking about resources, guys, what do you think? Books, classes, what, what, are, what are other things, whether it's, hey, everybody should have this, but those that, you know, there's kind of another level of those, you know, search and rescue to me, that's kind of another level. Like, hey, these people are really, they're trained to go in uh, because there are some people that that might not interest him, right? Like, well, hey, basic. Phil, first I, I think I think there's got to be a component of any kind of safety program which says you don't try to do something. And Eric, you mentioned this: don't try to go beyond what you're capable or trained to do, right? As a just straight across the board, yeah. if you don't know about search and rescue, don't go somewhere to be a search and rescue person. I mean, that's that's kind of yeah. crazy. You're going to become part of become part of the search and rescue, yep. and that's like rule number one of things you don't do in search right. and rescue. Like you really better know what you're doing, or you're going to become part of the problem. Yeah. So yeah. I look at this. I look at this two parts, right? Um, driving is the most dangerous thing we do. Period. Yep. They, I don't care. Where, we got to get there. We got to get home, and then we got to deal with all the uh, 18 year old kids who seem to be chasing with no driving experience. So if we can be defensive drivers first and get home safety safely, um, I'm going to go off on a little tangent within that. On top of that, it's getting rest, right? How many of us drive hours and hours to get to, to a location to chase and then, oh, I got to work tomorrow. I got to drive all the way back. That's dangerous. You guys know more people are killed because a, of, uh, you know, well, I don't want to, I don't know the actual statistics, so I'm not going to quote that, but it is more dangerous to drive tired than it is to drive drunk because believe it or not, they have found that your cognitive level is worse than when you're driving drunk, when you're driving over fatigued. So within that of defensive driving and the driving techniques and everything you're doing, put that in that, right? Put that in that. The other part of that, and, and it's, and I, and I struggle with this to this day of somebody with no, no knowledge of weather, uh, you know, severe weather, or hurricanes, a storm surge, should they really be out there? How many times have, are you going to be in the, in, the, in the hook of a tornado and not see the tornado because you don't understand how tornadoes work and when they include how, you know, the deviant motion, which we just saw last week, you know, people, chasers getting in trouble because they don't understand tornadoes when, you know, if you look at Fujita's research paper, how many of those tornadoes took off to the left when they go, when they dissipate and occlude, right? It's, and I split that between driving and that, and that. I mean, it's it's hard for me when people ask me and and, and um, since I started a storm chaser summit the last two years, I've had an influx of really young people. I mean, 12, 13, 14 year olds. Hey, what can I do to storm chase? And the first thing I say is pick up a book, start reading basic weather and severe weather knowledge because they're not old enough to drive yet. But and then you get that transition of teenagers with vehicles. I was that guy once. I was that person. I really didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I didn't get myself in trouble because I actually picked up a book and read of, oh, I might not want to be there. And I went and took a, a, a spotter training class. And so to me on the weather side, I'm a proponent of the National Weather Service Skyborne training. It teaches you the basics. So Eric, you've got um, obviously you're, as a first responder, 
you know, first aid and probably some sort of advanced uh, spa, um, uh, training when it comes comes to that. But how many chasers do you think have actually taken a first aid class? It's less than 10 percent. Um, because I could tell you, even on the law enforcement side, we're, we have to get pushed to go take it. I mean, so if we're there with it every day and then we're not doing it, so you can only imagine what it is on the day-to-day person that goes chasing. I'd, I'd say it's less than 10%. Now, you've got your firefighters out there and your EMS people that love to chase. I know I've got a bunch of them that are friends of mine, and they love it. You know, Rand, that's why Randy and I are working together. He loves that stuff, and we want to push that out a little more. Um, you know, to get that first aid training, it, it's not just storm damage. I mean – Go, how many gas stations are we in in a day or whatever when, you know, an elderly person falls down and needs CPR? I mean, that's stuff that as a human I would want to have just because of the contact and the amount of time and additional people we have in mm. contact with compared to the normal person. Yeah. And, and guys, I'm going to put a little devil's advocate here. I think I agree with everything, you know, Eric, Phil, Greg, Serena, everything that we've said, I think 100% that people who are storm chasing, especially regularly, should have – you know, should do the defensive driving course, should have the CPR training, should have basic knowledge of meteorology. But I think the point is people don't, right? Like how how do we incentivize? Because I think there's one aspect of it, like, yes, we can punish and we can, you know, report and, and try and get these people who are ignoring these rules, um, you know, you know get, get, get them off the roads if we can. But realistically, that's hard to do, right? Like how do we is there a way to incentivize people to get this somehow else than saying, Hey, you're going to be safer. Cause I feel like people who are being unsafe already don't care, you know, like how, how do we reach? And maybe you can't, maybe you can't reach those people. Right. And maybe they're, they're just, they're just going to do what they want to do, but I don't know. That, that's what Eric, I'm trying Eric, to give, give us your thoughts on that. And then I want to chime in too. Um, well, it's, I'm going to be honest with you. This part why when, when, uh, ChaserCon folded shop and they decided to retire while I wanted to keep it going because I wanted to take it to another route of, Hey, let's figure out how we can put this stuff on for free. You know, um, my ultimate goal with this, with the chaser summit is to have a free event where people can come and be educated, not just come listen to somebody talk. So yeah, I don't know what we could do uh, to incentivize it because I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I hate smarter network. I think that was the worst thing that ever happened to storm chasing. Um, was the intent there? Yeah. But I can tell you, I've been followed by people on Sputter Network that have no business following me. They find me on Sputter Network. They're on Sputter Network. That test is super, super simple. Did they try or did they just find the answers? And so I don't know. I think I, I, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard question yeah, to answer, you know, because I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's probably a, a whole nother discussion. I would agree with you in some regards on that, Eric, but Brady, here's what I think. I, it, to incentivize people, it's got to be – because, again, not everyone's going to do it. There are going to be people yeah. that could care less, and that's fine because the goal is you, you can't adopt or try to create something like this and expect you're going to get 100% participation. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But here's what you can do. As I mentioned, if you can get a couple maybe well-known chasers or more popular chasers in the community – that are passionate about it and, and go, yeah, that's, that's cool. And, and you can get on board with a, with a few of them and then they start promoting it, right? It does a couple things. First off, obviously it, it just gets the conversation going. Yeah. So, you know, 
safe chasing, safe chasing, safe chasing. You just you get the conversation going. It makes people but, aware of it, right? Yeah. Exactly. But then you also have people that, you know, you've got newer chasers or people that don't chase much and that maybe look up to these people mm-hmm. and go, that's, you know, I follow this person on social media and I follow their streams and I, and wow, they're promoting, you know, safe chasing and they, they've, they completed the checklist, man, I want to do that too. That's cool. What do I need to do to do that? And, and you can get a, you're going to get some people that way, right? But at least what you're doing is you're starting the conversation and you're seeing it more often and you hear a few more people talking about it and you've just, you know, that in itself helps. You're not going to solve the problem. That's not the goal, but you, you help and you yeah. help kind of move the, the needle a little bit in the right direction uh, by having it discussed more often and promoted more often. Uh, and you have something like right Phil, now there, there really isn't something. So I feel yeah, Phil, great, helps. great segue because my next question for Eric is let, let's, let's go positive now, Eric, give us an example of a scenario you've had over the last few years where you went, man, this chaser did it right. Or this situation worked out great because of the way somebody handled a, a particular situation. Uh, well, it, honestly, uh, I, I, I like Scott peak for a certain, re- certain reasons, uh, because to me, he does do it right because I've, I've been around him, even though he gets himself in situations, the first thing he does is pick up the, the phone and call the national weather service and say, Hey, I'm just letting you know, there's this tornado. And if Scott's calling it in, he's, you know, he's usually dead on cause he's places nobody else is. And I can tell you Joplin. His information in Joplin, even though that loss of life was there, he helped because that he gave that warning, that lead time, even more than what I know the National Weather Service was going to issue that warning on. So, you know, that's one incidence is where we're doing good. We are, even though it drives me crazy, we spot our network, but how much of this lead time are we helping the National Weather Service because we're actually out there and we're, and we're following these storms where most people back in the 1990s and early 80s when this first started, there was no communication to get that information to the National Weather Service. So, you know, everybody's intent is there to report that. And you see it all the time. I mean, there's there's tornadoes that's happened that that the National Weather Service probably wouldn't have warned on, but there's a tornado on the ground, especially in the outer rings of the radar. You know, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of circumstances and there's almost too many to count that I know that warnings have come out and probably saved lives because we're out there. Um, so, you know, when it says, Hey, I'm out here to save lives. I honestly believe people are out there to save lives and that's 99% of us. So, so let's jump. I want to jump to now maybe supplies. What, what should chasers have in their vehicle, um, to help with the safety, whether it's safety of themselves or safety of others. Uh, A couple things I jotted down was just, you know, a basic first aid kit. That's a start, right? There's certainly much more you could do there, but that's a start, um, your good old roadside emergency kit. Do you, do you have a reflective vest? Uh, can a fix it flat flares? You know what else? Still, should... so you know the thing that that stands out for me that yeah uh, has come in handy so often is uh, the latex gloves. Um, I know it seems like a, a, a small thing, but I mean, uh, Eric, you guys all carry them with you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you're more, much more willing to help somebody out when you've got that protection for yourself than if you didn't have it. So I think those latex gloves in the van. Which, and I was thinking too, like a CPR mask, um, mouth-to-mouth mask, so you're not, you know, 
doing skin to skin. You know, you can get those dirt cheap. You can get just flimsy plastic ones on a keychain for like five bucks or something like that. But um, uh, to me, tourniquets is another thing that's kind of an afterthought. I know some of us uh, that have been in the military and EMS world and first responder world lately have noticed uh, tourniquets are saving lives, believe it or not. Yeah, you get what's a, a tourniquet? So a tourniquet will put on a limb. You know, one of your limbs and you tighten it down and stop blood from from being, you know, most people will die of blood loss before they'll die of anything else, especially with crush injuries. So if you're on a scene of a tornado, you can't get by. You got people crushed and you got, you know, bright red blood. Of course, you need to get training in this stuff. Yes. um, (laughs) Thank you. Tourniquets. (laughs) <laughs> tourniquets believe it or not even trying to put on a tourniquet and you don't know what you're doing if you've got bright red blood and you know they're bleeding out i don't care if you know how to put it Stress. on or not. it's something Stress. it's something because they're finding and i've seen it in combat tourniquets will save lives people may not know what they're doing but that tourniquet they try to put on slow down the blood long enough to get help so hmm. that's one thing the other thing to me though is a self-extraction kit how many of us have been on the side of a road in the mud, can't get out, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a tornado bearing down. Ask Spencer Basoko and, and myself in Pampa in November of 20, I think that was 2017. We had the second storm coming up and a tornado missed us by 100 yards because we were broke down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no way of getting out. We ran away from the tornado. That, that was Jeez. the only thing we could do because you know how flat it is. Um, I'll let him tell that story sometime because I try to forget that one. That was the biggest mistake in my life. But, you know, if if that instance, if you're stuck in the mud and you have a car pull up and say, hey, pull on, you know, hook up. Do you have uh, chains? Do you have straps, toe straps to pull you out of the mud and somebody's driving by that might get you out of the woods when that tornado may be bearing down on you from a mile and you can get out of there? Um, the other thing I can think of is a jack. You know, getting you a jack, learning how to get out of mud and with using a jack is instrumental. It's something we had to learn first day of the military. I think I started driving vehicles. You get stuck in the mud, you can jack yourself out of that mud onto a roadway. So there's things you can do, um, you know, flat lights, you know, just having. What if you're in the middle of Kansas and you've got no power to your vehicle and your cell phone's on 5% because we've been looking at the radar for the last five hours? You know, having that extra battery power or having that that box of power um, to get you that help. Uh, The other thing I can think of is uh, uh, on the medical side of things is just, you know, if if you know somebody in your car that has to have their medication for some reason, bring it with them. Don't don't leave it in the hotel. Make sure your medication, the people in the vehicle with you have that medication with them because you get stuck in the mud for six, seven, eight hours without their medication. You're going to be in trouble. So it's little stuff like that, too, that you can think of. Phil, we have all of that stuff, right? <laughs> I've I've got some of it. I've got, I've <laughs> got some of it. I, There's gross. I can't say I've got all. Phil and I'll talk. We'll figure it out. Fantastic. That's that's that's, that's great, Brady. Yeah, you know, just thinking ahead. All right, everybody. Well, hey, that's the sound. It's time for our lightning round. And so, Eric, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions. Uh, we get to play with our guests. Um, tonight, uh, we're bringing back when this is kind of relevant, obviously to you being our guest, uh, we're bringing back one called, uh, porn star or storm chaser. Wow. Why is uh, that relevant to Eric oh, being the guest? <laughs> Ch- chaser. Storm chaser. Yeah. Not the other part. Greg, I, I think, think Dustin needs to be on this call. <laughs> yeah. that I'm aware of. 
so so Eric, here's how this game is played. I've I've got uh, there's four audio clips, and uh, you have to tell me is this an audio clip that we pulled from a porn movie, or is this an audio clip that we pulled from a uh, chasing video? Does that make sense? Wouldn't and that you, be considered just... storm porn? Y- yeah, that's a good well, point. Sort of. Hey, he's I got mean, a good point there. That's, Phil, that's sort is of. that you pulling those uh, answers from the porn movie? I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. Okay, great, fantastic. So, uh, so, so four clips, and and uh, you you get to the, the freaks can maybe try and help you out a little bit as well if they want. But uh, I'm gonna play these. I'm gonna play one at a time, and uh, you just tell me. Uh, you gotta tell me, porn star or storm chaser. That's gonna be your answer. Make sense? All right, Let's so here's the first one. Listen up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy. Holy. Whoa. So is that a porn star or a storm chaser? That is straight up torn. Yeah, that's a storm chaser. That's a chaser. That is correct. Yeah, that nice. Sounded good. Right, here's, here's the next one. Listen close. Oh, it's sucking. It's sucking. Oh my god! Okay, port star or storm chaser? Oh my god, that is a storm chaser, but I don't know. I want to. I do question the. No way! (laughs) Oh my god! You're you're two for two. You're doing well. Doing well. All right, here we go. Third one. Oh my god, Nick! No! <laughs> oh Por- my British British porn star or storm chaser. Is there an answer C for both? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go not, storm not that I'm aware of. I'll just say that. Uh, uh, storm chaser. Wow. Yeah. What? For any future guests, just know that the answer on all of them is good. Yeah. That's the safe answer. That's hey, the safe uh, answer. Not necessarily. We we played one with clips from movies, non-porn movies, but movies. I would question uh, but all right, so here's, a, here's the last one. Last one. Yeah. Oh, this is too great. Oh, my God, that follows me. <laughs> you need, need me to play that again? No. Go. I'll play it again. It's good. Oh, this is too great. Oh, my God. That follows me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, definitely a storm chaser, but... Uh... Oh, my God. No, I got to know who that is. You got them all. Yeah, wow. some, some, some I think might have been clips. Maybe not of a storm chaser, but there was a storm, and they were responding... <laughs> to the storm at least wow. it sounded that way right maybe so, our right, audience job, got Eric. them all right you got them all right man you rock that so uh do us a favor tell us where our listeners can uh find you on social media yeah uh weather wise just mainly at, on twitter at eric fox 2000 e-r-i-k-f-o-x 2000 uh, okay, that's your that's your yeah. primary. Uh... Yeah, that's my primary weather one. I, I have I'm on Facebook, Eric Fox, but I kind of just tend to keep that to people I actually know. So uh, or I've met. So just law enforcement. I kind of I'm very picky on that end. But so everything I do with weather chasing uh, is all through Twitter. Very good. 
All right, so I'll tell you what, we've talked a little bit about it, but our team's gearing up for our first uh, Stormfront Freaks team chase. Uh, we just decided let's uh, let's get the band back together and we'll... Uh, actually, who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting either way, I can tell you that much. But uh, in a few weeks, we're getting excited for that. And at helicity.co slash SFF, they've got a huge selection of uh, really creative weather and storm chasing themed t-shirts, gear uh, and merchandise, including Stormfront Freaks shirts and beverage containers. So go to the exclusive site, helicity.co slash SFF, and you're also going to earn 5% off your entire order. And while you're there, you can click on the Brands tab, find all your Stormfront Freaks favorites. Again, helicity.co slash SFF. It's time for our final break. Uh, we definitely got more to come, including... Hashtag Weather Fools and another edition of Storm Chasing Games Gone Wild. So we'll be right back. Hang on. Hi, this is James Spann with the Weather Brains Podcast, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which include tornadoes. Is your family prepared for severe weather? Practice makes perfect, which is why it's important to conduct a family severe thunderstorm drill regularly so everyone knows what to do if a tornado is approaching. The safest place in your home is a basement, storm cellar, or an interior room on the lowest floor with no windows. And don't forget the furry members of your family. Make sure your pets are included in your family emergency plan. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov slash WRN. Hey, this is Rick Reichmuth. I'm the Chief Meteorologist at Fox News and the founder of Weatherman Umbrella, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Who is that? That's the who. Who am I? I'm Brady. What is this? This is Weather Fools. What is Weather Fools, you may ask? Well, guess what? For those that maybe it's your first time, or maybe you just are a little forgetful, Weather Fools, us as the freaks, we're going on the internet, we're going on the dark web, as Phil likes to say. We're looking for someone that did something not so smart, and it deals with the weather. Phil, I understand you have a couple of Weather Fools this week. Who are your Weather Fools? Oh, beautiful. I do have a couple of Weather Fools. Uh, we're going to start off with none other than uh, Kevin Kleisel, a former guest on our show, and we get to harass Major League Baseball again. That continues to have the worst weather safety policy, I think, in any sport. And I would say any sport, including high school and college. Uh, you guys know we've had some storms up in up north in Minnesota last few days. And, of course, this was uh, yesterday, I think. Yeah, May 11th. This was yesterday. Uh, twins and Astros were playing under a tornado watch in the middle of a thunderstorm warning uh, with lightning uh, within f uh, less than five miles. And they finally called the game and, of course, send out the grounds crew to have to clean up while there's, you know, the severe weather you guys know that was coming into Minnesota, yeah, into the Twin Cities, like 80-mile-per-hour winds on that uh, Bow Echo and 
Um, so good old well, Major League Well, baseball. Phil, looking at that radar, I mean, there is lightning, cloud-to-ground lightning well ahead of where the rain is. And that's, you know, that's when you get in trouble because you no know, one expects it, right? Because it's not raining. So, wow. But, hey, until someone dies, let's keep playing ball. All right, yeah. next one comes from uh, one of our, uh, one of our uh, former former guests and, and listener, Jay is Painting. Uh, he sent this out, and this is actually a photo of a toilet that was struck by lightning no, in sir. someone's home. No. Uh, no. <laughs> that cannot be real. Yeah. Oh, my it, God. It went through the vent, so uh, I don't think this photo shows it. But it basically went through a vent in the uh, top of the ceiling that's right above an air vent that's right above the toilet. So it hit the home or the apartment building, whatever it was, traveled through the air duct, and then uh, struck the well, toilet right below. Phil, Phil, speaking from a guy who does his best thinking on the throne, <laughs> oh, no. uh, that could ruin your day very, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Are we sure that's not a hotel room after a uh, Texas oh, chase and also no. also burrito? <laughs> a little also burrito, yeah. A little, little bit of hot sauce on that one. Oh, yeah. my God. God. Okay, the last one I've got is uh, this was from the Andover, Andover, Kansas tornado. Again, you guys may have seen this or not, but this was just someone in their backyard. If you remember... Uh, do you remember that the lawnmower man up in Canada that was yeah. mowing their lawn? Yeah. While there's that tornado in the background, this is what this reminds me of: is it's a fenced-in yard, and here's the Andover tornado. It's probably maybe 200 yards away at this point, and this guy is filming it until the fence finally starts getting into the inflow. Oh! And finally, he he decides, okay, maybe I should go inside. <laughs> it is crazy. You see the power flash. You see it destroy that shed. And you see a trampoline and the whole fence blow out at once. And it's like, oh, my God, run. And, and I don't care how good a storm chaser you are. You're never going to get a, a footage like this guy no, got. Right, from no. his, it's it's kind of sad. It's like, I, you know, God. what it takes finally to, to realize I should stop filming and seek safety is when my house like, starts like going. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the twister moment right there where the yeah. fence posts are coming out of the ground. Unreal. Oh, man. Yeah. I say, Storm wow. Chasers, you're a little close there. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, <laughs> just a, little. a little bit. Yeah, hopefully that guy's got a basement. But, Phil, the, Phil those are pretty great. Uh, let's kick it over to Greg. Greg, I understand you have a couple weather fools this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know, Brady, whether these are like – complete weather fools but this poor guy right here uh this comes from uh the weather channel's uh instagram feed and there's this video let me put it into motion here you're gonna watch this guy he's he looks like he's maybe out doing some gardening and there's a, a storm close by and boom i'm gonna just stop it look at that late listen it, it looks like there's a bomb yeah it has gone off in the background and that's a lightning strike and it's like a trip guy, mine i mean my god it's crazy but he just looks kind of terrified i don't know if it's a weather fool but uh i thought it was a pretty uh, amazing video i had this one too greg and i what i loved was his lack of a reaction because if that were me i would have hit yeah. the deck and like yeah. screamed like a girl right like yeah and and this, he just was like, woo, like shook it off and kept walking. I would have dropped to my knees. Wow. I'm like, saying, that toilet may have been looking like uh, after that. that <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the like same, that, maybe yeah. that's the same yeah. toilet, right? You <laughs> know, Eric, that's the thing is if you look at the if you look at the explosion in the background, 
Yeah. And and you were to say that was a lightning strike. I mean, it doesn't look like that at all. It does no. look like a bomb went off. Yeah. Uh, wow. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. So that was my first one. And then this one uh, actually comes from the Crowell, Texas uh, tornado on May 4th. I think we were talking about this day, Eric. Uh, but uh, these chasers got a little bit too close, a little bit too involved in the, the, the tornado. And, and their reaction, if you hear the audio... Uh, is uh, definitely indicative that they know they got too close. And Phil, you mentioned it. Basically, all of us storm chasers are weather fools at heart. And uh, I think this video, again, from the Weather Channel's Instagram feed uh, really speaks to that. Hey, yeah. zero metering has gotten really popular all of a sudden. That term. I, like, I, honestly, I haven't really heard that. What's <laughs> zero all, metering, except, Phil? What, what is that? You're basically, you're like right in almost in the tornado oh that's it's, good okay well good let's let's have a phrase to uh, make uh, yeah people before I, yeah before i go storm chasing i'm gonna tell my mom i'm zero metering she's probably gonna <laughs> love that she's gonna love that yeah but uh yeah greg that that i feel like by the time you realize you're too you know you're too close it's too late so you know yeah glad yeah. those guys got it okay but yeah definitely definitely weather fools all right serena i understand uh i know greg may have taken one of yours i think you have yeah. another one though right I, I do i've got another one greg did take one of mine oh i saw yeah, this, this one's great but uh this one the weather fool is the person who chooses to build their house right on the ocean like right uh, that my friends is called a houseboat there you go. <laughs> so there, there's been, you know, a low nice. that's been off of the, the eastern seaboard that's been causing a lot of damage. And so there's um, in a part of the Carolinas, there's been a lot of damage. And so this house went in with a couple others and it's just um, just don't build that close to the water, please. Hey, Serena, please did you see the follow up from this? Uh, the Weather Channel did a story on the blowout tide. No. Did you rebuild that? So on, on the on the south side of that uh, low pressure, the uh, the wind was blowing off like from the shore out into the water. And so there was this incredible almost like feels like uh, uh, what happens before a tidal wave when uh, when the tide all gets pushed out by the wind uh, on the backside of the low pressure. Pretty cool. Nice. That's so awesome. That kind of stuff. So, so fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm curious to see if there was someone in there, you know, riding that thing like a boat and see how, you know, how, how far they could take that. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that was pretty good. So uh, I'll wrap things up here uh, with my weatherful. It's not a video. I'm just saying, guys, if we wanted to get like, you know, if we went to the rental car company and said, hey, can we have a car like this? It might be smart when we go chasing because are, are you know, we either going to get a car that looks like this or our car is going to look like this after we chase. What, right. what, is, what does it look like for our listeners, Brady? Yeah, so it's a car that literally has, I think that Mythbusters did this, that a car with golf dimples. So it's literally a golf ball, but in a car, right? So it's literally got like these divots. And it, it would look like, you know, your beat up car after you've had a couple of hail, you know, several hailstorms, right? So I'm thinking maybe we take this puppy out and that way we can, you know, the insurance can never get us for the hail damage because it's already got indents in it, right? I don't know. Brady, I think you're the weather fool here. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brady, maybe I'm the weather fool. You can't ride with me in two weeks anymore. <laughs> Great. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. But anyway, guys, uh, this has been Weather Fools. Uh, if you guys want to see the links to these, go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for show 157 in the show notes section.
now it's time for a segment of the show that I've completely forgot the name of, uh, which I'm sure Phil will enlighten us. But uh, Storm chasing games gone wild. Gone wild. Perfect. So here's the deal. is Phil has scoured storm chasing video games to find examples of people doing stupid things in the video games. This is always a fun one. Phil, what do you got for us this All week? right. So this comes from YouTuber Zach Hausnecht. Uh, he, so he's playing the Storm Chasers game on on Steam, and and so there there are obviously a couple other Storm Chasing games currently in production. Uh, one of them is Outbreak. Um, there's another one that that uh, another company's working on as well. So these these are going to be coming out, which might be fun. Um, but this is the main one that's out now that most uh, most people you can find on. But Eric, this is perfect because these are going to be examples of what not to do. When you're storm chasing, uh, these are certainly some unsafe tactics, uh, but I'm going to play a clip for you guys. Oh, oh yeah, I got my frames back. Oh, barely. Oh, my God. So he's driving oh his truck. God, oh, I blew a tire and I rolled <laughs> and, and they're playing with their friends, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, oh. Of you off in the distance. Oh, and then watch oh, this truck that this guy's driving. What did I hit? He flips over. What did I hit? Yeah. Hit a, uh, and he's just hood. sliding on his hood. Oh, he's, he's sliding. Cows, like a oh. <laughs> what just oh freaking happened? That I just died no, like I can't that. Get gas here. Nope. My oh, tires. the tornado is close by. Let's get out of here. So, can I get in somebody's truck? He's walking like so slow. Can I get in right. somebody's truck? So he's, he's trying to find someone else's truck he can get into while a tornado is bearing down on him. We gotta change a tire before he kills us. My truck's I really don't like that he's driving in a truck. Get out of the truck. I'm Run. already out. I'm running. <laughs> Run east. Good point. Ah, too late. I'm, I'm already... Is that how much money he has? $5,600? Is, 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 that, is that how much damage he's done to his car? I have no idea. I haven't played this game. There's a random person in the road. And this tornado is bearing down on him. I'm so dead. I'm so dead. Are you stuck in your truck? No, Jeff. I'm coming oh to your god, truck. You're, oh my god, don't bring him <laughs> so my way. This is, no, no, this is what happened to me in Bill. Oh no. Wow. He sees someone else's truck. Jeff, he's so coming he's like, for us. He's trying to he's get to that right truck. He's like running <laughs> so <laughs> slow. He's he's and the truck starts <laughs> taking <laughs> off on him. The truck is not running so hot right now, okay? Oh my god, he got your truck. He's getting your truck. He got your truck. I can't see because I'm out of battery. Let's change the battery out, damn it. Jeff. Stay for Zach, a second. Yeah, there goes your I have me. to live, okay? So he's telling oh, his buddy to stop moving his truck, truck, right? So he can right get in here. the truck. Tornado's hey, still coming. Truck, okay, it's Jeff, I'm your, literally right here. Right. <laughs> okay, that's great. I just how I, can't. Oh, my how God. I get oh, he's truck. tired. He can't I'm run anymore. My battery. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm truck. Oh, my uh, God. I'm installing the battery. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So, what game is that? Is that is that? So it's outbreak? called Storm Chasers. Okay, and it, it's on Steam. Uh, oh, if you're cool. a gamer, you, Steam's a, a platform. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's people awesome. doing just some. Why aren't we playing that, guys? Let's go storm chase. Let's like let's do a simulation to make sure we know what we're doing Bra- here. Brady, Brady, we're going to be playing it for real in in two weeks. Right. And right. Well, that's the hope. Brady, by the that's way, the Eric, we're taking everything that we've learned tonight. And we're going to put it into practice when we're actually out chasing. Yep. We are. We're going to I be agree. the role models. I agree. Good. So anyway, uh, you, you can, uh, we'll have a link to that video uh, in the episode 157 show notes. 
Uh, that's at stormfrontfreaks.com. So, hey, I think that just about does it for this episode. Thanks for listening or watching. Uh, so before I announce our next episode, if you like the show, don't forget to follow the show on your podcast player so you get notified and you receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your library uh, the moment that it gets released. You can find all the podcast player options at stormfrontfreaks.com and and help us out tell a friend about uh, your favorite episode if you're a listener and there's been some episodes you like tell a friend that's also loving weather let them know about it as well we appreciate that Uh, you can also visit stormfrontfreaks.com and find our patreon link and check out all the ways we can do more with you and how you can also help support the show whether it's the live access to view and chat during uh, our raw video recordings exclusive merchandise which uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, I am wearing our uh, Chase t-shirts, so our Boom. Chase team, everyone's going to get one of these uh, Adidas shirts with the Storm Can we get like fruits? matching head, like, you know, tattoos no. on our foreheads, We're maybe? not doing that much. Like Storm I, I, just, I just got okay. t-shirts for everybody, but hey, here's what we're going to do <laughs> is for all of our EF5 or greater members that, that uh, get merch, uh, exclusive merch every so often, uh, this is going to be a part of uh, that... Uh, set of package merch that uh that our ef5 members and above will get uh they'll get one of the chase shirts at some point as well so um you can also uh be one of our vips uh which can join us right on the show like we had with eric tonight ask questions all that good stuff during our breaks Uh, i will tell you that's full like we don't have any more room for those right now um uh, but but that's one of the options now I, i don't know when someone might be listening to this right could be five years from now and We've got an opening. Who knows? It'd be a hundred. I know Dan and Garrett and Angela don't want to give it up. I know that much. But um, uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube page. If you've noticed, we've been trying to promote that a little bit. We're going to be streaming our chase on YouTube.com slash Stormfront Freaks. That's where we also have our raw shows uh, that we put up uh, about a month after we've uh, done them. Uh, you can hear all the great conversations, all that stuff again. You can find a link to that at stormfrontfreaks.com. Special thanks to our guest, Eric Fox. Thanks, Eric, for taking the time and sticking with us. Uh, yeah, we might, we might want to do a part two of this whole thing and, and uh, get you on again and cover the stuff we haven't covered yet because we just kind of, I think, touched the tip of the iceberg yep. uh, on that. But thanks. Freaks, how can people follow you and find your content, Greg? Tornado Greg on Instagram and Twitter and Greg Johnson, Tornado Hunter, on Facebook, Meta, whatever it's called now. Got it. How about your camera class? Oh, yeah, CameraEasy.ca to learn how your camera works. Cool. How about Brady, you? Yeah, I and got Brad. Instagram. Yeah, there you Brad. go. Oh, uh, yeah. In- Instagram, uh, at Columbus Weather with Brady, and then uh, TikTok as well, and then Twitter, uh, at Brady Harris WX. And Brad doesn't have an account, so. Ah. We don't, we don't give him a phone. We don't let He's him use coming. technology. Yeah. All right, Serena. <laughs> yep, everything is WX Serena with a CY. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and I get sassy on TikTok. Boom. Oh, I, I'm going to have to do Boom. that. We don't have TikTok yet. But, hey, you can find me on Twitter right at our uh, Stormfront Freak account, at Stormfront Freak. Uh, we also have a uh, – meta or whatever that is uh, account as well stormfront freaks uh we have an instagram account too i don't put as much time into those ones but uh, mm-hmm. we do have them so get this next episode guys in two weeks we're going to be recording during our stormfront freaks chase uh we start that on may 26th 
Uh, I still don't know what the hell we're going to do or uh, what we're going to record, but I guarantee you we will have opportunities to do something stupid and crazy and uh, entertaining. <laughs> we, we will live <laughs> up to our most entertaining weather podcast and, name. And you know what? If nothing else, Phil, maybe we'll just eat and drink. You know, we'll have we'll have some good memories with some good people, right? Right. You know, if we go and get right. any weather. I'm 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 thinking that Greg can help us out with that with his uh, Tornado Hunters series of of you know if you don't see storms what else do you do and what things can you do and uh, we'll maybe go to an alligator we're gonna farm. We're going to see something though. Didn't we're you do an alligator something. farm, Greg? We did, yeah. We alligator rescue. Wow. Oh, now that's wow. Different. Yeah. So so here's the fun part is is we can do all that all that fun stupid stuff and we don't have to have a TV crew following us so we can just do it and not worry about. <laughs> about what we're doing so uh so we'll be recording that it's whether it's going to be available uh that sunday or something i don't know yet but in two weeks we're going to have some kind of cool storm chase show so uh for greg and brady and serena and eric i'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear and we'll catch you guys next time good night peace Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.